Welcome everyone to the Berkeley Center for Law and Technology's Expert Series podcast. This is Wayne Stacy. I'm the Executive Director for BCLT. And today we have Ted Claypool from the law firm of Wobble, Bond, and Dickinson. Uh, Clay, uh, Ted is based in Atlanta, and he's here today to talk to us about a really interesting concept and a set of phrasing that he's been using in, in the privacy world. Uh, so uh, with that in mind, Ted, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Wayne. I appreciate it. Well, Ted, we've, we've heard and for a long time about you know, the, the right to be forgotten, but you, you wrote an article that was really thought-provoking that talked about the right to hide the truth is what that really should be titled. Tell us, tell us about that phrasing and, and how you came about it. Well, I've been thinking about the right to be forgotten for a long time. I'm a privacy lawyer. I do a lot of work in this space, both um, in Europe and, and in the U.S. and back and forth. And it's essentially a European concept, the right to be forgotten, that is uh, starting to move over here. Um, although I'll be interested to see how much foothold it gains uh, in the U.S., given our different laws and our different uh, views on uh, forgetting truthful things. Um, the, the people that advocate for it have always called it the right to be forgotten. Um, I've also heard it as, at least when you're talking about business, the right to be deleted um, from people's records. Um, but the truth is the way it is used is essentially the right to hide the truth from people. Now, I make that distinction because um, we have laws here, just like they do in Europe, that say if people tell lies about you online or elsewhere, um, you have a number of rights in order to pull those down, to sue those people um, in defamation cases, and um, to make sure that you can uh, prove to the world that those things are lies. However, this is a whole different discussion because what Europe has been looking at very closely here is the right to take something in your past that actually happened and then uh, remove it from the public record. Now, there's lots of us that would like to do that. I know that, uh, you know, I'm very glad that I'm an old guy and that when I was a teenager and a 20-something, I wasn't on the internet, so there's not a lot of record of me <laughs> saying things that I probably shouldn't have been saying um, and that would come back to haunt me later on. Um, however, saying and doing things uh, in the past are, are things that can come back on you. And we in this country in particular think that it's important that people are able to get as much information as possible so they can make a decision about someone. And if somebody saw things I said or did in the past and said, boy, Ted's an idiot, I mean, first of all, they may be right. And second of all, they have, in, in this country in general, they have the right to look at that information and try and make that decision. Well, to put things in context, tell us how the this right to be forgotten, I'll use the, the original name, how it came about and kind of what the original facts were that, that brought it to the public's attention. Well, Europe has a much different view of privacy than we do. And... Since um, 1980, when the European Union was put together, um, they had in their constitution, their charter, essentially, a right of privacy 
um, as a core right for people. And so starting in 1995, they put a bunch of EU laws in place that then the various EU countries adopted um, to protect privacy. Um, people talk about the GDPR right now, which came into force in 2018, but the truth is it didn't do much different than was already on the books. What it did was um, was make those things more enforceable, was refine some of the concepts, but the truth is that the Europeans have been very, very um, interested in expansive view of privacy for a long time. So there was a case in Spain um, several years ago in which a young man said, um, I had um, a foreclosure on me um, that happened several years ago and I need it to be taken off the record. Um, and in this country, that wouldn't have been an issue. And before that, that was not something you could do. In fact, that foreclosure was reported in the newspaper. Um, and so the court actually said, yes, we think that your right to privacy extends not only to things that happened to you in the past, but things that are on the public record, like a foreclosure, and things that are in the newspaper. And so they ordered Google to remove the links to this newspaper and to the public record that showed that this man had had a foreclosure. Now, when you're looking to lend to somebody, you generally would like to know, have they been foreclosed on in the past? Have they filed bankruptcy in the past? What is their past financial history? But um, in Europe, they've taken a look at this and said, well, at least in some ways, we're going to let you remove this from the public record or at least the easily accessible public record. And then now, essentially after, after that, um, a number of cases and, uh, and uh, decisions, opinions, and guidance in the EU has expanded on this right to be forgotten. So that was a, a government record, but the, the implications in Europe aren't limited to government records. Oh, no, there, there are literally thousands and thousands of these applications made um, ever since this came out. And so Google has actually had to set up a whole committee of people to manage these and analyze these and figure out whether they're asking something that ought to be granted. And as a matter of fact, um, the, the French courts recently went as far as to say that Google was handling it wrong because what Google was doing was removing the um, references to what somebody asked them to pull down in Europe, just the European references. Um, but the French said, no, 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 you have to remove them worldwide. So we're going to essentially impose this right to be forgotten. And as I call it, the, the right to um, the, the, the right to remove um, truthful information from your past. Um, we're going to impose it on the rest of the world, at least when it comes to European citizens. Now, is there anything similar in the U.S. right now? There are. Um, California in, in uh, the CCPA, um, it's, it's privacy rule that is currently um, in force, has a right of deletion um, is one of the rights that it gives to um, consumers in California. Um, now, it's much more limited than what we're talking about with Europe. 
um, in that it only relates to information that a business has about you. And so if you think that, you know, there's a business that has information about you that you don't want them to have anymore, you have the right, if you're a Californian citizen um, or a California uh, consumer, as it's defined, to ask for that company to delete your record. Now, they may do it and they may not. There's a lot of exceptions and exemptions in the California law um, in which a company can say, well, I have to hold those records for tax purposes, for example. Um, and so I'm not going to get rid of that record. But I, you know, when the tax reasons are over, we will get rid of the record then. But um, so the, the, the concept is beginning to work its way into some of the privacy laws in this country. And when you say business records, does that apply to newspapers and news outlets that have personal information that, in a story that they reported? Probably not. Um, the, remember, the law, the CCPA, um, went into force not that long ago and, uh, and has only been um, enforced by the state attorney general for the last year. So there's really no cases out there that we have a lot to define this, but I don't see anything in there that lets that that would make me think that you can strip out the news records of things that happen to you. This is much more of a business record issue, and you have to do it. You have to do it um, business by business. You can't just put out a, a huge statement saying all businesses have to wipe my name off their record. You have to contact each one that you're concerned about and ask for it. Now I, I understand. Colorado, Virginia, other states have, have rolled out pretty robust privacy regulations. Are any of those touching on this, this right to be forgotten? Yeah, but in similar ways to California. It, and do you anticipate a, a growth or a strengthening of the right to be forgotten in the United States? No, I actually don't. And that's partly because unlike Europe, we have a much more robust concept of um, of, of the fact that people should uh, be able to know as much information as possible. I mean, for example, one of the issues in Europe is that, you know, arrest records can be struck at, stricken from the record. Um, and in some, uh, some actual criminal records can be stricken. And so in this country, we almost look at it the opposite way. If you're, if you were, um, uh, convicted of a sexually related offense in this country, there's a lot of states that not only require you um, to, to, to keep that on your record, but they require you to register um, with your neighborhood about that and to have that information out. And, they, and there are uh, companies that publish that kind of information about U.S. citizens. So we and we have a number of sunshine laws here that deal with government that say it's important for us to know everything that's going on or at least as much as possible. So there's a lot more um, uh, here in this country of a concern with keeping things open. And that doesn't even mention issues that deal with the First Amendment and the right of free speech. So do you anticipate a, a growing clash between the, the European regulations and U.S. regulations on forcing U.S. companies to remove information? Absolutely. I mean, I think we're seeing a number of different clashes. And one of the issues that has come up in Europe lately is they're starting to talk very um, 
loudly about data localization, about requiring European data to be housed in Europe, because as they're starting to see clashes with the United States law, they're beginning to think, well, we don't want them to touch our information at all. So, um, you know, we were already seeing clashes in a lot of different places, but this is definitely one where um, the U.S. law is very different than the European law. And as they work to, as the French did, try and push their version onto us, um, I think you're going to see more clashes. And, and how fast are those clashes coming? And maybe a better way to ask that is, if I'm a company handling data, uh, what do I need to anticipate and how fast should I be anticipating it? Well, I think it depends what kind of data you're handling and what kind of company you are. If you're Google, obviously, or Microsoft that has search engines, um, then it's already well upon you. Um, and if you are a big company that's taking a lot of information from uh, European citizens, um, then it's something that you should be aware of no matter what, even if you're headquartered here. Um, but if you're subjecting yourself to the EU privacy laws by, um, by taking in a lot of information in Europe, by having European um, presence and establishment, they call it, having a, a, an office there, then you are subject to this, um, whether you like it or not. Well, it seems like there's a, a lot to watch as we, we move through the next 12 to 18 months on this front. Um, well, Ted, thank you for, for that phrase. I, I, love the, I love the phrase, right to hide the truth. It really does frame the difference between the, the US version of the privacy and the European version of privacy. So thank yeah, you for that Stop letting me go to Europe, Wayne. <laughs> well, nobody's going anywhere to, right now much. So I guess, I guess you're safe for a little while. That's true. But thank you. Thank you for the contribution. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Terrific. Thank you for the opportunity, Wayne.